0: This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at NerdyLegion.com. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the inaugural episode of Best of the Rest, an indie comics podcast here on Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. I'm Jay Loving. I'll be one of your hosts, and with me is Dennis Chandler. Hey, y'all! How you doing, sir? I am doing great. How are you this evening, Jay? Pretty good. We're finally getting this kicked off after we've been working on this for about what three years now? It seems like.
1: Yeah, three <laughs> years, three and a half years. All I know is they've been bugging us, and we finally, you know, had enough. So to shut everybody up, here we are. So right, we're going to yeah. suffer through this like the rest of us.
0: <laughs> right, The best nerdy legion uh, tradition. You know, they got to suffer through it. But uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be. Do- Finally getting this kicked off, it's kind of something I I had had in the back of my mind for a while, wanting to do, and some other people kind of encouraged us doing it, so and we've finally kind of got things rolling a little bit, so... Well, they
1: kind of like, you know, want to listen to our silky smooth voices, (laughs) you know, we we type so well into Slack and Facebook, they must have a voice, so let's hear it.
0: Right. Yeah, and actually, you know, I don't know, they've... Maybe they've heard, heard some. us when we've been on some other podcasts, and nobody has come up and said you suck yet. So I think that is as uh, a vote of confidence. Uh, you know, if they don't tell you you're doing bad, then you're doing okay. So. Exactly. So anyway, best of the rest. Tell us how. do not you tell us how we came up with that name? Cause it, took it took us a while life. to come, come up with a good name or what we thought.
1: Well, it's not like naming your dog or naming your cat or anything, but. right? Um, there's all kinds of other podcasts out there. You have the Aftershock, you have uh, Ultimate Marvel, you have Rebirthically, um, Valiant Central, which is kind of deviating from Valiant lately. But, you know, that's kind of what got us all together with the Valiant. But we kind of get in. and So uh, Paul's actually gotten into doing some of the comics in black and white. You find out that black and white uh, gets into a bunch of the indie stuff. and We kind of like indie stuff, but we like color and black and white. So, this is to cover anything else that's not covered by anything else in Nerdy Legion. So it's the best of
0: the rest that's out right. there on the racks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't imply that we are, that you and I are the best of the rest. No, we're not saying that at all. But, the, but if anybody wants to infer it... Yes, if, you wanna, if that's where you want to take it, you're more than welcome to. Now, um, I think my favorite of the failed... Names that we came up with was not another Ronnie Barron podcast. It's kind of what we pre- <laughs> originally the- or, or not another abandoned Ronnie Barron. Oh podcast. yeah, that's true. Podcast. So that's what we're here about. Now uh, you know we both have a pretty good love of indie comics. But one of the things you know when you start talking about indie comics is how do you define that? And this is you know this can be a real rabbit hole because it's asking to me, answering the question, what's an indie comic is almost like say, asking, how long is a piece of string? It just... Uh, how do you put... Uh, there's just so many ways, and it's so subjective, and people put their own definition to it, but... Well, but I kind of you...
1: I I think of it like porn. You know
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good... That's, that's as good a definition as I can imagine. But... You know, it's it, it's funny because I talked to a lot of different people and and I've asked people and and opinions vary from you know the most simplistic thing I've hear is well anything is not Marvel or DC. Well, that's you know kind of pretty wide open. Um, I'm not sure I would go that lax on it. You know, and then some people will say, well, indie comics should be creator owned. Well, if you do that, then that that eliminates a company like Valiant, which I know Valiant themselves think of, think of themselves as an indie independent publisher. So, but then, and then other people say, well, you have to have small press or what um, yeah, small press? Yeah, again, that's that's another subjective term. So it's really I don't know. It's it's there's really no answer to it. So. So, how
1: are we going to define it? I, I kind of agree with the no DC, no Marvel, but not because of print runs or mainstream. It's uh, They're a lot more generic, classic. One of them's been around since the 40s. One of them's been around since the 60s. They're kind of established. They've right. got characters whose history they claim they're not going to mess with. They mess with, and then they retcon it back or reboot it back. So, that's kind of one of the ways I kind of exclude them. So then you get to the next tier. So what do we think about uh, Dark Horse,
0: Image? Well, uh, Image, um, to me, Image has gotten a large enough presence that it's it's technically I think yeah it is independent comics. It's they're creator owned. Um, they the the creators pretty much drive their own. Books, Yeah, there are editors, like an editor-in-chief at Image, but they don't have any individual editors for the books. So, you know, it's sort of... But, um, I don't know, it's hard for me to think of them as a true indie anymore because of the size. In fact, you know, like a lot of comic shops, one of the local comic shop I used to go to divided the books into four sections. Marvel, DC, Image, and Independent... And that's sort of what mirrors my thinking a little bit. Um, You could also, but you could also make the same argument about Dark Horse. They're a fairly sizable publisher. You know, they've got their own section in Previews Catalog. So, uh, you know, again, I tend to take it on a title-by-title basis. I mean, just like whatever seems to fit in indie comics, but
1: well, you know, I, I think it's fair to say maybe we're going to consider books that just don't get the, the press that the others do. They don't get the rack space. You actually got to put some effort into either ordering them or, you know, knowing about them. So, right. you know, we're going to, you know, part of the, the incentive for this podcast is to kind of shine the light on some of these unknown gems that are out there or coming out. And we're gonna do right. books that are currently out, books that are coming out, and we're gonna do books in the past. So there's gonna be some stuff that hasn't been printed in a while, and stuff that's currently being printed.
0: Right. And and as we've agreed and talked about, yeah, you know, we're gonna stay away from Valiant and Aftershock and Boom, and uh, but just because simply because there are other podcasts on this network that are covering those publishers, and we don't want to encroach on what they're doing. So you know. We're going to, you know, try to stay away from that, but anything else, you know, I really don't want to, I don't yeah, I don't want to restrict anything. It's like, whatever we think is viable, that if, if if you and I like it, maybe other people will like it, and we're trying to show showcase what we think are some of the best comics out there, and as you said, stuff that might not get much of a spotlight, or might otherwise go unnoticed, or a little bit harder to, to find, so...
1: So to, I guess the kind of reverse the question. So we're we're most likely not going to do any DC, and that's probably going to include Vertigo and maybe some of the imprints. You know, we'll we'll take that under you know maybe some of the imprints under
0: there. Right.
1: You know we're not going to do the Marvel. We're probably not going to do Image, and we're probably not going to do Dark Horse. Uh, IDW may be in the frame, but they do a lot of licensing licenses, and I don't I don't really think licensed properties would really fall into this this podcast. So, right. but that leaves your avatars to your well, I would say Xenoscope but I really don't care for anything zenoscope.
0: <laughs> no, that's uh yeah. Um Zenoscope to me I don't, I don't want to get into <laughs> too much of opinions there, but it's like their their covers seem to be uh, a little bit exploitative to me, but
1: uh, yeah, yeah. As I said earlier you know it when you see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never really found anything there that I liked, uh, but you know, there's so many others. I mean, there's I counted the number of publishers I think that are in previous catalog. If you, if you take out DC, Marvel, uh, Image, IDW, Dark Horse, you know, there's still something like 200 different publishers. That get Section in, in the previous catalog, for Diamond every month, and some of it's good. Some of it's I don't think it was worth. Uh, uh, so a lot of it's manga, which I don't. I'm not a big fan of manga. I really don't know anything about it. So I, I won't say that we won't ever go into that area, but it seems unlikely. But
1: um, yeah, okay, maybe to kind of kind of you know help, you know, kind of ground or you know ba- put boundaries on what we're looking at. What are some of the independents you're reading right now?
0: Uh, I read Things in Fantagraphics, Drawn in Quarterly, some in Black Mask.
1: Oh, you mean when it comes out every 17. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I
0: have a love-hate relationship with Black Mask Studios. They put out some very high-quality comics, but their release schedule can get really um, aggravating at times. But there are, there are things that, you know, series that have ended that are out in trade paperbacks that we could do without having to worry about when the next issue is going to come out. They're not really an independent, but I, I'm reading some things that, I don't know if you'd call them independent, but I'm reading some things in Dynamite. Um, um, oh, and uh, Lion's Forge. Which oh, is,
1: yeah, they've got a new universe that just started up.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about trying to do a regular episode at least maybe once a month or so or every five weeks, specifically focusing on, the, focusing on the Catalyst Prime universe.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be, kind of be our first adopted publisher here over the next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because they're really getting just started. They've got two titles out now, and they're going to put out another one in July, and I think they're slated to have a total of seven by the end of the year, the last, the last I saw from them. Yeah, and no. I got some pretty good names working on them. Yeah, like some good, look like some pretty good creators and a good concept. I I liked the uh, you know they released their free comic book day issue, sort of a set the stage. It was kind of a I don't want to call it a zero issue, but it's it it was sort of just laid the foundation, the groundwork for these other series, and it was intriguing, certainly enough, and I thought it was well done enough to for us to keep keep an eye on that so we're going to be doing that yep so, um, yeah, like, what about I, you do you have any particular yeah I'm currently
1: reading some stuff from Avatar I like Garth Ennis' stuff with them I get some I read some Graphic India uh, some of Morrison stuff there uh, I'm excited you know you're talking about manga but uh, I don't really get into that much but Titan's going to be starting up a Robotech one in uh a couple of months, which I'm really—that's kind of one of my favorite things from being a kid—was that, and so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and I occasionally get stuff from Arkea which got bought by Boom, but they were putting out some great stuff before Boom. Mouse Guard right. is, is kind of up there, um, and then there's a few others in there. So it's kind of like, like you said, I go through the previews and kind of look at look at stuff, read about them, and if it's of interest, you kind of order it and see how it goes. And we're just. All right. This is another way to kind of get some of those out there beyond, uh, the, you know, the previews and what you can see. Um, you know, my I kind of miss Sirius. Sirius, I don't think, is a publisher anymore, and that was one I kind of grew up on in the '90s when I started doing comics. They were putting out the uh, uh, Mike J. Michael Linser's, uh Dawn, and I think that's when I first got into indie comics. Was getting Dawn, and then seeing some ads in that for when Poison Elves moved over from. Being self-published over into Sirius, and I followed uh, Poison Elves all the way through its Rod. Uh, so there was we're, uh, we've kind of talked about that on Comics in Black and White with Paul, uh, but that was a you know a great introduction for me into indie, uh, and in some other stuff I read, and this kind of gets into whether or not you want to break it out. You know, like when Malibu came out in the nineties, right? Uh, I mean, that was a Marvel thing, but was that independent? You know, I really enjoyed Cross Gen when that was coming out. Uh, maybe late '90s, or early 2000s. So there's another failed universe, uh, Gemma Shooters Defiant. Uh, um, yeah, oh Defiant, yes, Defiant. Uh, universe. that came out after Valiant. Uh, you know, I think there's 61 issues in that hell universe, and you know that was great reading that. So you know, that's some of you know what I started started me off in indie comics, and I've just kind of been
0: keeping on, you know, picking stuff ever since. Yeah. Uh, For me, I think one of the, probably the first indie that I ever came across, and I talked about this on one episode of Comics in Black and White, was Love and Rockets, and that still to me is like one of the seminal works of the last 40 years, Um, and we've done some of that, we've done one episode of that on Comics in Black and White. Paul may think that's his intellectual property now, but he's, he's wrong on that, if we want to we decide we want to talk about that here. I think we can.
1: Well, we can expand on it further here.
0: Yeah. That's good. Could could, uh, expand on it? And, um, you know, that was a large part of it. And then I kind of, you know, some of the avatar I got in the late, probably about 10 years ago, I read several things in avatar press, uh, mostly just here and there. I don't know if I've ever, uh, you know, focused a lot on one particular publisher. I just find out, asking around, talking to local comic shop owners and other people, what are you reading? What do you like? And if I find a title, then uh, you know, who's publishing it really is secondary to me. As far as if it's good, if the creators are good, if it's a good story, um, so you know, I've, I've given that. Then I've read. I don't know how many different publishers, but I don't keep up with that as, as closely as some people do.
1: Yeah, but so, but what in no a description, or you know, what kind of grabs you when you're kind of going through previews or flipping through a book that kind of you know, gets the hook that brings you in to, hey, you know, I want to try this out. You know, is it a different take on your common tropes and genres? Is it stuff that's like, you
0: know, completely.
1: 180 degrees from what everybody else is kind of doing.
0: Largely for me, I don't... And you don't see it a lot in some of the smaller independents, but I don't... Anything that's... or Not much that's considered in the superhero genre. You know, I read that in DC, some in Marvel, and then in Valiant and other places. So I don't... I'm not really focused in a lot of that on an independent comics. What really appeals to me a lot of things are some of the more you know comics that uh, examine some of the more I think serious things uh, in serious aspects of life you know 11 like rockets I'll use that as an example since that's kind of my go to it's it's hard to you can't really put it into a genre it's not really fits anything it's just basically Gilbert and Jaime Hernandez that write this tell these stories of people and, and it's character driven and you've got these characters that you care about that have gone through all the years and they go through a lot of the th- same things that you and I go through. Um, I like, you know, things that really focus on the hard questions of life. I tend to look at things that aren't necessarily happy reads, you know, or, the, or something or, or just light entertainment. I like to be challenged a little more intellectually. Something that makes me think, or reconsider some of my opinions or beliefs, you know, that that's the type of thing that tends to, you know, interest me when I'm looking through or flipping through, whether I'm at a local comic shop or a previews catalog or whatever. Okay, yeah,
1: I kind of like um, you know books where they kind of jam a bunch of stuff together and see how it works. Like I. My my fallback for you. for you is Love and Rockets. For me, it's Poison Elves, and oh. you know, Poison Elves is kind of set in a medieval, feudal setting, you know, where there's magic, demons, wizards, elves, dwarfs, and everything. But there's also automatic firearms.
0: And, oh gosh! And
1: <laughs> there's automatic firearms. There's you'll see some of the art, and you'll see some modern. Um, anachronisms in there like you know modern trash cans uh there'll be post you know concert posters on the walls there'll be posters for strip clubs and everything that you would see in new york but you know kind of you know juxtaposed with a you know it's a medieval fortified town with elves and and all that in there so it's just you know does it make sense no but is it a fun read hell yeah
0: Sounds intriguing. I've not read any of that.
1: Yes, but I've shared a few pictures on the Slack channel.
0: Yes, you, you have. You seen the Purple Marauder. Uh, yes, I have. And <laughs> was not as traumatized as a lot of people were uh pictures of the Purple Marauder. But...
1: Well, for, for any of our listeners, just go on to Google, do Poison Elves
0: Purple Marauder, and prepare to be amazed. Or shocked. <laughs> you know, and I like this is a good time to kind of say out to people who are listening to us, we're certainly open to suggestions, too. In fact, we, we encourage that, and we want you to give us feedback about what we're doing. And, you know, give us suggestions. If you've got something that you think would be appropriate for the show, or something that we'd like, let us know. Uh, I'll, we've got a couple of ways of getting hold of us. I've set up, set up a, a Twitter account for best of the rest it's at botr comics i've also set up a mail account email account botr comics at gmail.com i'll repeat those again at the end towards the end of the episode but uh, certainly you know we don't want people to i really want people to give us feedback on how we're doing and, and how you know what they think good suggestions for independent comics are because I'm always looking for something new. I'm always looking for something, you know, to challenge me. So, please, everyone. But
1: not at a five ninety nine price point.
0: No. Well, if that's can be avoided, <laughs> you know. But
1: uh, yeah, only if it's trade paperback or a hard paper or a hardback.
0: Right. Because yeah. there are some good
1: independents come, that come out only in, uh, you know, trade paperback format or or something like that.
0: Right. Fantagraphics is mostly like that they almost everything they put out are collected editions graphic novels you know they don't put out much in the way of individual issues Love and rockets magazine is one notable exception and, and there's a couple of different ones but mostly you know and drawn and quarterly tends to be the same they put out you know c- completed collections at, at one time so but it's, I
1: mean, it's all all kinds of stuff out there in I know we may open it up to, like, magazine format. Uh, do they still do magazines?
0: Uh, well, Love and Rockets, now the new Love and Rockets come out. It's published in magazine format, just like the original was. Back in 81, 82, when they published the first 50 issues of Love and Rockets. It's in the magazine. You know, they don't really call it a comic book, it's, but it is. But it's in magazine size format. Um, oh, but speak, like,
1: speaking of going back in time, I guess one thing we probably won't have showing up in here is probably any of the underground comics from the 60s and the 70s, which is a totally different genre.
0: Yeah, if that is. Nobody it's, is
1: familiar with that.
0: I am some. Uh, you know, As I got interested early in the, back in the 80s in alternative comics, I kind of did some research. Yeah, the underground comics. It's uh, it's kind of dicey. Uh, there were some things in there I, I really liked, but some of it is just downright. Um, I don't know. It's it's a lot of it's very counterculture. It's an acquired taste, and uh, some of it. Uh, it kind of got the bad reputation after a while of being all about sex, drugs, and. Uh, this, rock and this roll. kind of counter, counter... No, no, not well, not rock and roll much. Sex drugs, and a lot of, some of the comics, and they were, uh, not all, but some of the comics were somewhat sexist in nature, if not some that are downright misogynistic. Uh, so, uh, probably the most famous of the underground comics creators was Robert Crumb, who's a Outstanding artist, and he does a lot of great work. But he's a little out there. <laughs> I mean, he can be really out there, and he's not a. It's ta- not something that's a- an acquired taste, like you said. I think is a good point. <laughs> so probably better to steer clear of those, at least for the time being. Down the road, who knows?
1: Well, so. I, you know, it depends on. I guess if we, you know, want to change the rating.
0: <laughs> True. True. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about now. As far as how we discuss this, you know, the format of the show. You know, the first thing you and I just immediately agreed on was this is not a review of books. We're not going to be here to do reviews. We may spoil them though. But we're not yeah, I don't, I don't, we're not. It doesn't mean we're not going to talk about them or, or talk about some content. But it's not going to be a situation where we go through the issue and then give a a four four point five or 5.0 rating at the end. That's not you know it's not of interest to us. We just want to try to get the books out there and tell you what, this is what we're liking. This is what we're reading. And it may be interesting to you. So that's going to be, you know, just want to get that understood right from the get go. This is not a review, review program.
1: No, we're just going to do our, give our impressions of it. You know, what we think is good or bad about it. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to pick some stuff that's going to be clunkers, but, You've got to yeah. have you got to have both in there, and you know, just because if there's something we don't like, doesn't mean somebody else doesn't like it. But.
0: And there's obvious, no doubt there will be things that we have differing opinions on, which I think is will be some of the best discussions. If you, my opinion, that you know that we don't quite agree on, um, or that we have a different opinion on. So, uh, looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. So. Um, I guess to kind of jump into what we're probably gonna what we're gonna do for next time is we're kind of gonna hit Avatar Press, and this is where we right. might start having our first controversy because uh, we're gonna do Black Summer and No Hero. Uh, we were gonna do two separate episodes for that, but these books came out, these series came out back to back, and they kind of lead into each other. Now, where I say it might be a little bit of controversy with people, and this being an indie comic podcast, is Both of them were written by Warren Ellis. And at the time, he was already well-known. But the art for both of them was by Juan Jose Ripe, Who I don't think was quite as well-known then as he is now. And maybe he's... I don't know if he's still known outside Valiant circles. But, you know, this was about 2008-2009. And these are, you know, two books put out by Avatar. And it kind of gives Warren Ellis's... What would you say opinion about u s politics uh,
0: opinion would be the mildest term I, would <laughs> use. I mean he's he definitely gives his opinion especially of the of the yeah of that you know of the American political climate around that time two thousand eight two thousand and nine and it's not all um, it's not an outright attack. I mean, it's. A, I think it's kind of about. I don't want to get too far Yeah, you don't to want to
1: get too much yeah. into it, but it, it, it makes you think. Um, I'm trying to decide. If you're extremely patriotic, do you think it would offend
0: you? I don't think so. I mean, if you're a person that likes to think at all and is, you know, open to, you know, somebody's opinion that may not agree with yours 100%, I think you'll be fine. If you're rigid and narrow-minded, yeah, maybe. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, it, I don't necessarily agree with everything that was in there, but, you know, in yeah. a Well, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's thought-provoking uh, stuff, and that's that's why you kind of get... That's why uh, artists and writers, you know, step into the indie arena to kind of experiment and to uh, put out their thoughts and feelings on subjects that they really couldn't do right. in the mainstream books
0: and like I said we originally were going to do this separately but started reading these and I was like but you can't you can't separate these they're just they're yeah it's, it's totally different characters
1: I would almost say it's a totally different universes um, but, but with that said they've had the same themes and you know same writer same artist and they just really um, go together in a pair
0: yeah Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't trying to imply that this was somehow one was a continuation of the other. They're not. But if 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 you did two separate episodes, I think people would be listening to the second one thinking, "Okay, is this? Did I listen to this last week? Am I am I actually did I mistakenly download the same episode again? Because there's so much similarities in in the way he approaches it. So I think it'll be best if we. try. You know, yeah, and I think they're together.
1: easy issues to read for anybody out there. I think they're collected in uh, trade paperbacks. I think they're they're both eight uh, issues each, going from issue zero to seven, which is which is interesting in how yeah. they've numbered them. You always think of a zero issue as an origin, and I think maybe they did do that in there, but it was intentional to start with issue zero and work up to seven. Um, they you know they've only been they were out like eight nine years ago, so they're, they're still available to find if you can you know, find them or or order them. Um, should we still be reasonable? They're not collectors' items or anything, but they're very good read uh, uh-huh. by Ellis and Wright.
0: So. Yep. So that's that will be our first true episode. This is just this one's just more of an introduction. So we'll be getting that out here pretty yes. soon. We hope. Yes. And um,
1: you know, one little segment we kind of want to you know do to kind of like break up the comic talk and all of that is you now kinda of wanna make some however to often re record, you know, recommendations for what we're, you know, drinking at the at this time. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna go, you know, with being being the inaugural episode and everything, go with my standby here. And I'm gonna recommend and some something that I really enjoy a lot, and that's W L Weller Special Reserve. It's a ninety proof uh, bourbon. It's a weeded bourbon. Nice mash Bill. Out of uh, Buffalo Trace <laughs> in Frankfort, Kentucky, uh, it's great straight. It's great for making old fashions. Um, just a great bourbon for sipping and doing podcast with.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a good accompaniment. I think Weller would be a good accompaniment for. Yes, exactly. One I mean, it, and the, the bottle—it's
1: twenty-one dollars for the bottle—and um, is known as Failed Pappy. And for any whiskey or bourbon drinkers out there, I'm assuming you know what Pappy Van Winkle is. So um, the pedigree of Weller is that when they sample the barrels at ten years old uh, to see if it can go on to make pappies, these are the barrels that fail. But you know, they, they, they almost make it but they don't <laughs> quite. And then they go for another year or two and then the barrels that failed out become Weller twelve year old. And those are really those are the true failed fifteen-year-olds. And then anything that makes it past that stage goes into making the Pappy 15, 20, and twenty-three-year-old bottles. So this is this is the first cut from uh, making uh, the Pappy Van Winkle uh, bourbons. And it's a good cheap alternative that uh, I enjoy quite often and quite a bit
0: of. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing better than a good bourbon. Very Nothing better than a good bourbon. But, um, I'm going to go a little bit different. If so, if somebody out there is not exactly wanting a bourbon, I think uh, another good recommendation is, if you like beer, Shock Top Belgian White Ale. Yeah, something I discovered recently. It's very much a similar vein to uh, uh, Blue Moon, if you're familiar with that. It's a little bit less expensive, and I think it's very comparable in taste, and enjoyment so both of those will go well with our next podcast if you're looking if, for- if you really want to join
1: in with us you can read the books and drink our selections well, while enjoying the books or yes, exactly
0: yes I would do one or the other though on the drinking I wouldn't do the I wouldn't combine the weller and the well book, you, you, you have one <laughs>
1: while you're reading the books and you have one while you're listening to the
0: podcast a that, day later. that's true that's true Well, I'm like I say, I'm pretty excited about the possibilities of where we can go with this, Um, and it'll it'll be a work in progress. We're kind of kind of growing into this, and again, to reiterate what I said earlier, uh, any suggestions that people that are listening want to give to us, we're more than happy to entertain those. Uh, Again, the uh, Twitter account for our Twitter for this is B O T R Comics or at B T O at B O T R Comics. And our email is B O T R comics at gmail.com. You can also reach me individually uh, at at J forgets on Twitter. Well oh, I forgot your and uh,
1: I'm at utinger Inger, U T N G R. ut. So Uh, That's something left over from my college days, and I've been running with it for 20-something years now, so too late to change it now.
0: And I don't think anybody knows what it means, either. Ah,
1: Well, you know, it just means UT engineer.
0: Ah, UT engineer, okay. Sounds good. I I don't think anybody's ever heard that you say (laughs) that.
1: It's been the mystery in the Slack channel for like the past year and a half.
0: Well, I I, don't I was going was, I was to say I wouldn't tell anybody, but anybody's listening already is going to know it now. So, but
1: we, uh, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. We promise to get better as we go along. Usually, usually we have a yes. guiding hand in well, like uh, Paul or Martin. Uh, I've yet the podcast with Ronnie, and we're both in the same state.
0: Huh? Well, we'll have to remedy that. Well, he is <laughs> on every
1: podcast. So what are they, they of that?
0: Pretty much, yeah. And I wouldn't put it past him showing up here sometime as a guest, so we'll, to, we'll remedy that pretty soon. But yes, thanks for listening, and we we'll look forward to joining us again. Good night. Good night. Good night.